0: state-of-the-art technology from NOCO your battery care source since 1914 get yours at geniuschargers.com hello automotive enthusiasts today I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest Ryan Turner Ryan are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride yes I am all right it's great to have you here Ryan Turner has been focused on the VW industry for over 13 years. His obsession started with the purchase of a 1972 VW Beetle in high school and has since spiraled out of control and consumed all aspects of his life. Three years ago, he made a huge leap. He quit his job as a government contractor to start his own business, Krauthouse Motorsports. With no formal training and little investment capital, He has since expanded his portfolio to include VW-themed t-shirt sales and has recently acquired VWDiesel.net, an online community of enthusiasts committed to all things Volkswagen diesel-related. With the support of his wife, he's working to build and expand his site to include a blog, a podcast, custom builds, and more to help fuel VW enthusiasts around the world. So Ryan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you Would you please take some time and share some more about your history, your new business, your interest, and of course, your passion for Volkswagen automobiles?
1: I have been into Volkswagens for about 13 years now. And about three years ago, I got the entrepreneurial bug hard and decided that I would quit my job as a government contractor working as an electronics technician to start my own shop, Crowdhouse Motorsports. Over the last three years, I have been working to grow that uh, without taking any outside investment money or any loans, uh, cash flowing everything, uh, building the shop up into a halfway decent known brand around Indiana, and have recently acquired VWDiesel.net, which is a website that I have been a part of for several years now. I talked to the owner about advertising my other website, VWShirts.com, about advertising on the site. And over about a two-month time period, it ended up with me buying the site, taking it over, and attempting to grow it and help the community out there.
0: Well, that's really cool. And have you been a a car person for most of your life? You've always been involved in... uh, You said you've been involved in Volkswagens for 13 years, so...
1: Right. I started off a little late in life as a car guy. I didn't have... You know, anybody close around me that was a racer or super into cars, my dad worked on heavy equipment and was a bulldozer operator. My first real car experience came when I bought my 91 Geo Tracker's, my first car, four-wheel drive, five-speed. It was a fun little car that ended up getting wrecked when I was out of town on a Boy Scout camp out. And then I used the money from the insurance that I got to buy my first Volkswagen, a 72 Beetle. There's a little saying that goes, Volkswagen has been making mechanics out of owners for over 60 years now, and that's <laughs> that's a little bit what's happened to me. My obsession spiraled out of control and has taken over most aspects of my life. We bought our house specifically so I could start a shop. It's a perfect little 40 by 40 building, that uh, two-bay garage, basically three acres that is within three years, it has expanded to over 50 Volkswagens, parts cars, project <laughs> wow. cars. Right. It, And that's not including the ones that I've scrapped or sold. So yeah, owning a Volkswagen turned me into a mechanic basically, and it spiraled out of control from there.
0: Well, it's a great story. And you and I share some passion here. One of my very first cars when I was a A youngster in high school was a Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, and I called it my poor man's Porsche. But I learned how to work on cars with that car. I stripped it all apart, took it apart, refinished everything, learned how to paint, and uh, put the engine back together with a friend's help because I wasn't much of a mechanic, and rebuilt that car into kind of something special. So I understand that philosophy with Volkswagen. So that's a great story. As we continue on your journey here, Ryan, I always like to start our talks with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So,
1: Ryan, take the wheel. The quote that, I, that comes to mind a lot has been more of a philosophy that I have had through life. It's fail hard, fail fast, fail often, and fail forward. <laughs> I love it. When you do things for the first time that you haven't done before, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to screw things up, things aren't going to go perfect, and you learn from them and go on, and you can't be afraid to make mistakes or else you'll never make anything of your life.
0: Oh, absolutely. How have you incorporated that success quote, that mantra into your life and your business and your passion for cars?
1: In the major careers that I've had in my life, and I'm only 30, soon to be 31, so it, it may not seem like it's been that lot, but I've been an electronics technician for the government. I built both, both a government employee and a private contractor without any formal electronic schooling. I have started my own repair shop, repairing Volkswagens, Audis, and BMWs without any college or formal training. I have started website development and programming without formal training. It's everything that I have done so far has been by trial and error, by working hard, by studying, by learning, by making mistakes, and by going on with life.
0: Well, I love this because so much about cars, yeah, when I started this site was definitely about cars, and that's why you're on the show, because you're a car guy, you have an automotive business. But it's also got that entrepreneurial spirit. And the mantra here, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, is really a double entendre of talking to people that conspire others. And what you just shared there is very inspiring, that you just went out and did it and dared to fail. And I used to hear this saying that failure is not an option. Well, you know what? That may be true in war. But in life, if you don't dare to fail, you'll never push yourself beyond the limits. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've been doing. And That's a great story. I love that. Thanks for sharing it with us. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy.
1: Well, I think my major turning point of becoming a car guy happened, oh, probably when I was twenty five ish or so twenty six I have always tinkered with cars and and tinkered with things, of course, being an electronics technician i worked on I worked on equipment for submarines for battleships, missile control systems, sonar systems, large computer systems, things like that. I've always been hands on, but my daughter was running through a JCPenney's clothing department and fell and ended up messing up eight of her front teeth. Uh oh! And we had to pay to get those fixed. It was about $4,000 in bills. And I was making about $15 an hour on a single income family and just didn't have the money to pay for that. I had been working my skills up automotively. I bought a Volkswagen Jetta, 96 Jetta off of Craigslist for $200 and a Nintendo Wii back when they first came out, and that was the big thing to have. Yeah. It had broken a timing belt, and I drove about 25, 30 miles up to where it was at with my uncle and bought it off of the guy and drug it back home dr- down the highway with a tow rope the whole way, parked it in my driveway, and what should be about a two-and-a-half-hour job took me... I would say probably three weeks to figure out, Uh started learning on Volkswagens more that way. And when, when Natalie fell and broke her teeth out, I had to have the money. So I sold the car and I used that money and I bought another car and I sold it. And in about a six weeks time span, I was able to flip about eight cars to make enough to pay that $4,000 bill. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. it, It really got me thinking, you know, Maybe I can do this. I'm mechanically inclined. I really like this stuff. There's a lot I don't know, but I just started learning. My wife and I split at that time around that time and and got divorced, and that gave me a lot of free time. I, I don't get bored. I don't sit very often. I don't not do something. I'm always doing something, learning something, uh, starting a project. And in this time period of having, being newly single again, a friend of mine with the body shop uh, was having some medical problems and wasn't able to fully use his body shop. So I would work all day at Crane. I would come home. I worked at Crane Naval Base here in Indiana. And I would work all day and I would go to his shop and I would work on cars that I bought to flip or Somehow or another, I managed to talk a friend of mine that had a DJ business into letting me build an A-team van for him, <laughs> and he he wanted to go all out with it. He bought a van. We spent, I think, almost $4,000 on fiberglass pieces for it, speakers. It was a white van with a blue dash. We pulled the dash out, dyed the dash, built it to look like the A-team van, that, and uh, this was <sighs> six months or so before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a pretty cool thing. At one time, Bob had maybe two cars at his shop and I had eight at his shop and my own cars. And, and I wasn't paying him to do any, you know, to be able to use it. He was just a friend letting me borrow it. And I would do work for him on the side for jobs that he did to kind of earn my keep. And mm-hmm. it really just got my mind moving in this direction of, I really like cars. I really want to do this. This is cool. I bought a, 42-inch flat-screen TV at a resale shop for two or $300 that I ended up trading for a 65 Rambler. <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, somehow I managed to t- talk this incredibly wonderful woman into marrying me and putting up with <laughs> this obsession of mine. But we go about an hour up to where this Rambler is at, and I trade it to the guy, and we're driving back home, and every five to seven miles, the thing would die. It had been sitting for so long that there was so much junk and varnish in the tank that it just had a little tiny screen filter on the carburetor that it would clog up and die. So I'd have to get out. I'd have to clean the filter off. We'd have to jump start it because the battery wouldn't last. And finally, we limped it back to the house, and, and my girlfriend helped me to get it all fixed up. And I, I really fell more in love with her because she was able to help me with my passion was there beside me and was my shop girl and and we went on several wild card adventures where stuff would go wrong or cars would fall off trailers or we one time we almost slid into two cops off the side of the road in the snow Um, oh gosh (laughs) had a lot had lots of adventures together that way uh before we got married
0: well that's quite a how did you become a car guy story (laughs) that's fantastic what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down, and and really crawl under the hood and get our hands a little dirty, maybe, and have you share a huge challenge that you faced in your career here. That, but most importantly, how did you overcome that situation, and what did you
1: learn from it? One of the biggest challenges that I've had in being a car guy is setting up my own shop while working my full time job. I I got bored with it. I is the second time I. I had the job working uh, in high school as a government employee, and when I moved back to the area, they wanted me to come back as a contractor. So I'd had the job for a while, and I really – I just got bored with it. Reading entrepreneurial books and reading how to find the work that you love, books and things like that, it just really – I got uncontent with life, and I wanted to start my shop, and starting a shop to me was the coolest thing in the world – Uh, it's just what I wanted to do. So I started learning and I started reading and I'd never worked at a shop before. And I didn't know how people, you know, got their parts or how they priced jobs or where they got all the repair procedures for everything. And that was something that I, I really didn't know. Plus I didn't have a whole lot of formal training on it. So during this whole time of me planning my shop and, and wanting to go out on my own, we had my son Maxwell and, During that time, when after I I stayed working while Trisha was pregnant with Maxwell, and then when he was born, I started working with a friend of mine part-time who had a Volkswagen shop about an hour and a half for me. So I'd work two, three days a week at my day job, and then I would go work two, three days a week, driving an hour and a half each way to work with Caleb, my friend with a Volkswagen shop, so that I could kind of learn the ropes. Mm -hmm. We bought our house, like I mentioned earlier, it's just perfect shop for having your own small shop. I started getting on Craigslist. You'll notice this is a big thing. I love Craigslist. And I traded around and I got my first lift and I traded around and I got my second lift and I bought things and I fixed them and I sold them and I traded and got more tools and Somehow, I traded around, and I got a four-by-eight-foot CNC plasma cutter in one of my deals. <laughs> and I just – without a lot of money, I was able to build up and get all the tools that I needed to start my shop. I had friends that came to me to to let me work on their cars, and that put more money in my pocket. And, and I was able to start my own shop and go out on my own through the support of my wife and not – fail too horribly awful hard like sometimes you do.
0: Isn't there a TV show that where a guy trades and keeps trading and trading up? I'm... Right, uh, Barter Kings, I think. Barter, Okay, yeah, I don't think I've watched that, but I've seen the advertisement for it. So, so it sounds like, sounds like you're a barter king. <laughs>
1: right, I was a barter king before the show came yeah.
0: on. <laughs> there you go, I love that. Ryan, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a story when you had a real aha moment about this new business, this new career of yours, a time when you realized, you know what, I think this could really make it, this could be something cool, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success.
1: I think my real aha moment came back, as I said earlier, when I bought and sold all those cars and was able to pay off the bills and realize that this is something that I was good at and that I was able to with some time and effort, make decent money and give me the freedom to be able to go and to do what I wanted to do. I just, I wasn't able to do it at that time. And it, it was a culmination of about three or four years to where I was finally able to get to that point in my life.
0: How about proudest moment? Is there a moment in time that you were really proud and, and one of those moments you could share with us?
1: I think one of the proudest moments that I had, and it's more of a proof of I was able to do it my wife and I worked at the same place and I quit, started my shop, but I still maintained contact with the people that I worked with. And I went back there to pick up a car that I worked with an employee and I was uh, talking to my old boss and talking to people. And, and at that time I was going back to pick up a car from a former coworker and I had four other coworkers cars there at the same time at my shop. Mm-hmm. So it it was, it was a great achievement knowing that I could go out on my own that People were there to, to support me, and those that thought that I couldn't do it, you know, had a little bit of a change of heart when they realized that not only was I was I was doing it, but I was thriving at it.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic! That is, it is a special moment as an entrepreneur when you get handed that first paycheck, that first dollar for work achievement. and it almost doesn't matter how much it is. It's just the fact that it's that first step. So that is very proud. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? Not your first car, but maybe, maybe that was it, but your first really special car, and if you could share a story you had about that vehicle with us.
1: One of the more special cars that I've had would be that 72 Beetle that I bought back in high school. It, it wasn't my first, but it definitely made an impact on me. It was Robinson Blue. It had a dark blue interior in it. It was in great shape. And it was quite a learning experience. I managed to blow the motor up twice in it.
0: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was
1: going to work one day and threw a fan belt and the little red alternator light came on. And I didn't realize that, yep. what it was for, and I nuked the motor. Yep. Thankfully, I had friends that had a body shop that were able to help me out and we towed the car back there and – pulled the motor out of it and fixed it up and, and got it back on the road. And I did everything to this car. And and I was in high school and I thought I was cool. I had big speakers in the back with little neon rings around them. And I had Walmart neons underneath the car. And I painted my parking spot with the, the same color as the car. And I painted a big Volkswagen logo in it and <laughs> had underneath it, it's not a car, it's a concept. And nice. I mean, I, I took that car everywhere. I took it off road. I took it just places a Beetle sh- – well, I guess, honestly, a Beetle should go everywhere because they take him everywhere. But, I mean, I, I had so much fun in that car. When I went to school down in Mississippi, I took it with me. We loaded up on a trailer, and the car, it, it got – it got to where I just really didn 't trust it going anywhere i wouldn 't go more than thirty miles with it because I would have a push rod tube start leaking or I would have electrical problems or I would have carburetor problems or I had to replace the front beam at one time and and at that point in my life that I just i couldn 't keep up with the car, so I put it up on eBay for sale. I sold it to a guy I was at the time I was living right about the mississippi alabama line i was living just south of tupelo for those out there that know about that area and the guy came that bought it came all the way from henderson texas and drove it back with no problems (laughs) absolutely (laughs) no problems yeah and that's when i just knew the car hated me (laughs) well you did blow up its motor sometimes it is Volkswagens have personalities not everyone is the same as every other one and sometimes you just get one that doesn't like you
0: that's funny how about seller's remorse is there a vehicle that you've sold that you really wish you could have back
1: um i went through a big list of some of the vehicles i've got i've i've had some pretty cool ones i had a 71 2002 that i kind of wish i had back it was an automatic which is fixable but it was a fun little car it was pretty rusted the whole trunk and everything was rusted out on it but it was just a cool little 2002 Mm -hmm. Uh, another one might be i had a uh 81 VW Rabbit pickup truck that I'm real fond of those. Oh yeah
0: those are kind of (laughs) cool.
1: Yep I put a TDI in it uh, with a mechanical injection pump and did some other work too and it was just a really nice really clean truck.
0: Yeah those are great. How about current projects? Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up?
1: Over the last while I've been working at trying to clear out the projects that I've got. Um, I was pretty good at buying half-done project cars and fixing them up and and selling them and making good money on them. But since I've recently acquired VWDiesel.net, I've been working on upgrading the site, making the forum look better, add more content to it. I've worked at adding a blog to it, and I want to try to showcase a lot of the entrepreneurs in the Volkswagen industry, specifically smaller shops that make cool stuff that maybe can't get the word out there because they're too busy working or don't know how to or just can't reach the market like I can through the through the website itself. want to build some cool project cars with the site. A lot of people ask a lot of the same questions when it comes to doing TDI conversions, doing mechanical TDI swaps, which is basically where you replace the injection pump with all the electronics and put a pump that doesn't require an ECU or anything on it. And I want to build projects like that for the site to help the enthusiasts there.
0: Very cool. And I'll give you a chance here to pitch something new that I know you're working on. That's a podcast because I'm new at podcasting. I've only been doing this about five months. And that's how Ryan and I met is through a podcasting group that we both belong to. And I understand that you're working on starting your own podcast, evolving around your passion for VW Diesels.
1: Correct. I've been... Working on it, I've got probably six or so people, um, six or so companies that say, yes, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk to my audience through your podcast. I've been working on coming up with a name for it, getting the artwork done. All the, all the big things are done. It's just now getting into the nitty gritty details and finishing it all up so that we can have a means for people to share their stories. I've got a few people uh, that have signed up for it, that have done some really cool things with Volkswagens, including uh, one guy who has a land speed record, diesel-powered Dodge Rampage. Wow. Stuff like that where enthusiasts can get on there, talk about some of the cool things that they've done, and really just share the Volkswagen love.
0: Well, it's fantastic. And I'll remind our listeners that we're going to be talking about some other things later in the show here, but you can go to Ryan's show notes page at com slash Turner. And when you get that podcast up, we'll make sure we add that to your show notes page so people can find you there as well. How's that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. Now, here's a funny question for you, Ryan. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be
1: and why? I think I'd like to be the Ecto-1. The Ecto-1? <laughs> yes, <laughs> why is that? I think I'd like to be an Ecto-1. I love Ghostbusters. I've loved Ghostbusters, well, since it came out. I had a 30th birthday Ghostbusters party. I've sat in the Ecto-1. It's just it's just a cool car that has always been something that I've loved my whole life. It gets looks wherever it goes. You get to have the proton packs in it. it <laughs> I just, I think I'd like to be the Ecto-1.
0: The Ecto-1. Well, it's appropriate because we're doing this interview, although it's going to air about a week later, on Halloween. So right. for uh, Ghostbusters, that's very appropriate. Now, that's a really unique answer. I haven't heard that one yet. I love it. Yeah. All right, Ryan, we're up to the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you buckled up and ready? I am. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: The best automotive advice that I've ever received that I never paid attention to is (laughs) don't go into Volkswagen's.
0: Well, thank goodness for that. (laughs) I love it.
1: A lot of my family love Chevys, love Fords. I'm just the oddball with the foreign cars. (laughs) Well, good for you.
0: (laughs) I love that. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed
1: to your success? One of the habits that I have the most, I think the technical term for it is front and loading, but I tend to think of it as obsessing over a new topic to the point that it becomes ingrained in you. When I start a new project, when I start a new task, when I decide that I want to do something, I read, I study, I learn, I obsess, I obsess, I obsess, I read. <laughs> you get the point. Yep. I, I cram so much knowledge into my head that when I'm in the midst of it, like if I'm doing a motor swap or if I am building a website, if I am building a project or something like that. I'm able to pull these things out of my head because I've already stuffed them there in advanced and it makes the process go a whole lot easier.
0: Ah, great. That's awesome. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website or an app that you use or something
1: that you find useful. I'd like to share two suppliers. Mm-hmm. When I started my shop, I had a hard time trying to find where do I get my parts at a good price. And thankfully I have a good friend who has a European parts store over in Columbus, Indiana that was able to help me out on this. Um it's just a real great guy that has helped me out a lot and the first one is imcparts.net. They are a fairly big company across the US. They have all sorts of European parts. They have good prices, good shipping. Uh they're really helpful. They have a nice website. And the next one is Northside Imports. They're out of Chicago in New Jersey. They're a smaller company, but the people there that I've dealt with are great. They're willing to help you out. And I know a lot of times starting out you've got to be in business for so long or you've got to have so much money up front. And as just starting out with not a whole lot, these two companies have they've helped me out being able to get parts at a reasonable price that I can, you know, stay competitive with some of the larger shops.
0: Awesome. Great. How about books? Is there a book that you've read in your past or maybe something that you've just read that you could share with our listeners that you think they will enjoy?
1: Yeah, I love reading and I especially love reading books about entrepreneurs. And I've got two here that I pulled out of my collection to share. Oh, great. And one of them is Mm Longerberger. And it's just really a a great book. Uh, Dave Longerberger is one of those guys that started from nothing that built a huge company that I greatly admire. The other one is automotive based. And that is Zora Arcus Duntov, the legend behind the Corvette. Ah, yeah. Awesome. It is, it is a great book. It's full of pictures and you know, I love pictures. All car guys do. That's <laughs> one of the reasons why we love car shows. Sure. As much as I love the book and what he did with the, to change the industry itself, I always, I feel a little bit bad for him because he never quite got the success or the goal that he wanted to. He did great things. he, with the Corvette racing and everything, he, he he basically changed part of our culture as far as automotive racing. But he never quite got to the level that he wanted, and it, it 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 gives me motivation to work harder, to be smarter, and, and to be able to reach the goals that I want to get to.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, that that's a, a great book. I've got a, that book on my library shelf as well. And if you like Corvettes, there's another great book that's fairly new that's been put out by a guest I had here on cars. Yeah, Peter Brock. Corvette Stingray, Genesis of an American Icon. It's a great insider story because Peter Brock was the guy who penned the very first design of the Corvette Stingray back in Mm -hmm. 1959 when he was a very young designer working for General Motors. That would be another great addition to that uh, wonderful book he shared with us. And I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these resources that Ryan has shared with us today at carsyeah.com slash Ryan Turner. All right, Ryan, we're up to the last question, and it's called the checkered flag. This question can be a real doozy for some car guys. We'll see how you do with this. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, so you can't be a flipper on this one. You're going to have to keep it. Money's no object, though. I'm going to be Santa Claus today and get you whatever you want. What would that vehicle be, and why would you choose
1: it? If money is no object, I would have to go with an auto union type D. Ooh. Yeah. I mean V twelve, twin supercharge, four hundred and fifty-eight horsepower, sexy as can be, open top lemon I yeah, I nah, I'm good.
0: <laughs> that one would make you happy. Huh? What is it that really tugs on your heartstrings?
1: It just it's a great looking car and being a Volkswagen Audi enthusiast. It's just one of those cars that it just hits a sweet spot in your life. It looks great from the front. It looks great from the back. The idea of going 200 miles an hour in something like that, it just, yeah.
0: (laughs) Don't need to say anything more. I think we understand Uh, the passion is there.
1: Right. I mean, 200 miles an hour and say something like a NASCAR versus 200 miles an hour and that is just completely different to me.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's uh, brave men driving those vehicles. That's for sure. It
1: it takes a lot more gusto than I have. Hans Stuck, Varzi, and Rossmeyer.
0: Yes, those guys were uh, amazing. Well, Ryan, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories and getting to know you a little bit better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the Cars Yeah! listeners. Could you please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that auto union?
1: The best parting advice that I have is pick the right mate. <laughs> yep. It is something that I didn't learn the first time and I didn't trust the advice that was given to me. But your choice of a spouse means make or break in anything that you do in life. I thankfully made the right choice the second time and have been happily married for over three years now. And it has been, it's been awesome.
0: Well, it's wonderful advice. And I'll tell you, I've had a lot of guests here on Cars Yeah that have mentioned their spouses and how important those spouses were to supporting their passion for cars and the path that they've taken. Some of them were challenging paths and having that uh, teammate next to you to support you and hand you that wrench is really important. So that's great advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your new business? And then we'll say goodbye.
1: You can find us on Facebook at just search VW Diesel as one word, or you can go to vwdiesel.net and find us there.
0: All right. Well, I'll make sure that I post everything up on your show notes page at carsjad.com slash Ryan Turner. And when you get that podcast up and running, give me a call and we'll make sure that we add that to all of your information on your show notes page. Thank you, Ryan, for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You're welcome.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun.